I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back into Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We're carrying you up until Capitals Hockey comes up at 545. Up until then, Toby Altizer hanging out with you guys. You want to give us a call on the MGM National Harbor Listener Line, 800-636-1067. Going to talk about some NFL quarterbacks, but want to remind you that tomorrow night, Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler are going to be talking Nats and taking your phone calls live from spring training down in West Palm Beach. They're going to be joined by Cade Cavalli and Jake Alu. You can listen tomorrow night at 6 o'clock on 106.7 The Fan or on the Odyssey app. So we talked some about the prospect quarterbacks. How about some of the quarterbacks that are already in the league and have some uncertainty surrounding them? I think the big-name dudes are Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. Let's start with Rodgers because I'm going to be pretty brief on this. I think overall, when you look at the situation in Green Bay, when you look at who Rodgers is as a guy, having covered him a little bit, Rodgers is sentimental. He really is an emotional guy that enjoys some of the, I don't know if you want to say finer things or whatever, but he, he's kind of into some of those emotional, this means a lot to me type of things. And I think for him playing for the Green Bay Packers for his entire career up to this point, realizing he's looking at the doorstep of retirement, whether it's coming this season uh, this year or maybe a couple years after he plays a few more seasons, I think he's looking at this and saying, you know how cool it would be to play for the Packers my entire time in the NFL? You know how cool it would be to play every one of my home games at Lambeau Field? I think he looks at it like that. So to me, his two options are not, oh, get traded or play for the Packers. His two options are play for the Packers or retire. That's where I feel he's at. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he gets traded to the Jets. I don't feel like that's going to happen. I feel like you're going to either see Aaron Rodgers suiting up for the green and gold in Green Bay once again, or you're going to see him retire, and I would lean towards him playing for the Green Bay Packers next year. Now, the question that raises is what happens with Jordan Love, and I don't really have an answer for you there because if I'm Love, I don't want to sit another year, but at the same point, if I look around the league, I might only get one chance, like a year's chance somewhere else, but assuming Rodgers plays next season and I can stick around, I might get a couple chances in Green Bay, but I might have to sit another year. I might stick around in Green Bay, but there's a lot of question marks with love. But in terms of Aaron Rodgers, I think he's back in Green Bay. Now, I know some videos made the rounds on Twitter yesterday that a lot of Commanders fans got excited about. And the main subject of those videos were Adam Schefter, on pardon my take of Barstool, saying, Lamar Jackson to the Commanders is heating up. Now, they didn't provide like tons of context in terms of the videos. They did write an article, Barstool Sports did, saying like, hey, Shefty set this whole thing up. He was just messing with PFT commenter. So it's not real. And it's not. I would say the chance of Lamar Jackson ending up in D.C. is slim to none. 
I don't see him being the commander's quarterback next season. And I don't know if it would make a whole lot of sense, honestly, with how the commanders are set up to to trade for Lamar Jackson. He would cost a lot of money, and he's a bit of an injury risk. Maybe I just am a little homerish and want to see Sam Howell. Not to say Sam Howell's better than Lamar Jackson, but would you take Sam Howell for $2 million, $3 million, whatever he's getting paid on a fifth-round rookie salary? Or would you take Lamar Jackson at $45, $50 million a year, guaranteed for the next five, six years? I don't know. Maybe you would still take Lamar Jackson. I personally wouldn't. I think the team that makes a lot of sense that I don't know that they've been connected a ton to the Ravens and Lamar, but I think they would make some sense because they were in on Deshaun Watson. They were willing to give up the draft capital, the pieces necessary to get him, and then everything fell through when they worked the deal out in Cleveland. The Atlanta Falcons were pretty much set to go with Deshaun Watson as their starting quarterback last year, and then it all fell through at the last minute because the Browns were willing to up the ante and give the fully guaranteed contract to Deshaun Watson. If Atlanta was willing to do probably a mostly guaranteed deal for Deshaun Watson and have all the uncertainty surrounding him, right? I mean, you still didn't know what was going to happen with the allegations. You didn't know if he was going to be suspended for the entire season. You didn't know if there was going to be extra stuff to come out and he might not even play football again. Like, there was a lot of uncertainty when the Cleveland Browns made that trade. And the Atlanta Falcons were really the front runners up until the last second. So why wouldn't Atlanta consider going after Lamar Jackson, a guy that doesn't have the off-the-field issues, right? You know he's going to play football in terms of if he's healthy, he can go. It's not a question as to legal issues or anything of that nature. You get the guy in the building, you can get him healthy, and you're ready to roll. Why wouldn't they be willing to do a mostly guaranteed contract for Lamar? From my understanding with the Ravens and with the and with Lamar Jackson's camp, there's a separation on the guaranteed money, and it, I get it. You know, I've laid it out before. Lamar wants to guarantee that if something were to happen to him injury-wise, he's getting his cash that he's earned as an MVP quarterback. And the Ravens are saying, dude, you haven't even finished the last two seasons. Why would we guarantee every cent and set ourselves in a trap if you were to get injured? So from both sides, it makes sense. But at some point, one of the team, either the team or Lamar's side is going to have to budge for him to stay in Baltimore, or he's going to have to go somewhere else. And if he's going to go somewhere else, I think the place that makes the most sense is Atlanta, because I think they would be willing to go to a number that other teams probably wouldn't. You know, you look at the guaranteed money and deals for other quarterbacks, and you're getting into the 100, 105, $110, $120 million range. And Lamar's asking for 200-plus, like the 231, I believe, is the number guaranteed to Deshaun Watson. And look, if there's anyone to be mad at in the NFL, it's not Lamar Jackson for asking for the guaranteed contract. It's not Lamar Jackson asking for the number that he is in the contract. It's the Cleveland Browns for giving Deshaun Watson, a guy coming off of all the stuff that he's coming off of, all that money, and guaranteeing every single cent of it. The difference between what Deshaun Watson got and what Kirk Cousins got when he left here and went to Minnesota is just gigantic. Guaranteeing like $80 million or something like that was where 
Kirk's deal was, as opposed to guaranteeing $230 million, is just astronomical. Because if things don't work out with Deshaun Watson, which I'll get out ahead of it, I think that going into the next season, you give him a little bit of time. He's got back on the field last year. I think he will get back to a form that he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't know if he reaches back to that top five plateau that he kind of got to before all of this, but I think he'll be a above-average NFL starter again. But to guarantee that 230, if he doesn't reach that, you set yourself back for probably like a decade's worth of time, basically, because you're paying this guy $40 million a year and setting yourself up for a gigantic failure. The Kirk Cousins deal, yeah, you're doing it, but it's not as long, and it seems like there might be some issues with a contract with Minnesota and Kirk again now where either they want to sign him to a longer-term deal or just let the rest of his contract run out. That's going to be something to monitor in Minnesota as well. But it's interesting to see what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. I think when you look at Baltimore, they're better off when Lamar's on the field, there's no doubt. But are they going to win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson at quarterback? And if you're the Ravens' front office and you're John Harbaugh, you have to really sit down and ask yourself that question. You've been one of the better teams when Lamar's been on the field. You've been one of the better teams in the AFC. But are you going to win a Super Bowl? Like, like Lamar Jackson at quarterback, are you beating Joe Burrow and the Bengals? Are you beating Josh Allen and the Bills? Are you beating Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? And if you can't honestly say, like, uh, I think we've got a good chance, then you probably need to move on from him, and you can get a lot for him. And look, if you're Baltimore and Atlanta's interested, the team that I've laid out having the possibility to go after him, then try to get that first-round pick. Atlanta's picking eighth this year. You want to know a guy that we just talked about last segment a little bit? Anthony Richardson could fit right into your scheme. Maybe he wouldn't play right away. Maybe you bring back Tyler Huntley and see if you can squeeze a year out of him and see what happens. But Anthony Richardson, I think he'd fit right in with what Lamar Jackson does with the Ravens. I don't know. I just think it's some things to consider because I think this offseason with quarterbacks, and we started seeing it a little bit last year with Russell Wilson, I think teams are starting to realize, you know what, if the quarterback isn't the guy, why would I overpay? Now, I need a quarterback. I understand that. But why would I decide to overpay on the quarterback as opposed to trying to make sure I bring in the right guy? I think you've seen that. It worked out for Kansas City when they had Alex Smith and they picked Patrick Mahomes. You saw it happen again with the Cardinals, and obviously there's some questions about Kyler Murray, but they took Josh Rosen and they said, this isn't right. Let's go ahead and bring in our guy and Kyler Murray, and that's kind of set them up for the future with him at quarterback. I'm interested to see what happens this offseason where Derek Carr lands. I think he fits really well with the Panthers maybe as a team that could bring him in or do the Colts consider him, but they have a top pick, so maybe would they go the rookie route? There's a lot of questions at quarterback this offseason. It's going to be interesting to see. There's one other guy that there's a question mark with at quarterback. He's asking a ridiculous number of dollars to play for his football team next year. I'll tell you who it is and what he's asking for next. You're on overtime on 106.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. Toby Altizer carrying you up until Capitals hockey coverage at 545. You want to give us a call on the MGM National Harbor listener line 800-636-1067. Also, want to remind you that tomorrow night, Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler are going to be talking Nats and taking your calls live from spring training. They'll be joined by Cade Cavalli and Jake Alu. You can listen tomorrow night at 6 o'clock on 106.7 The Fan and on the Odyssey app. I teased that there's a quarterback that is asking for an absurd amount of money. I want to read you some of his stats before I reveal who it is and how much he's asking for. Last season, he threw for 3,200 yards. The season before that, he threw for 2,400. Season before that, 2,900. And his rookie year, 3,000. Last season, he threw 15 touchdown passes to five picks. To his credit, to help him out a little bit, we'll, we'll add in his rushing numbers, which are part of his game. 700 yards rushing and seven touchdowns. So if we're adding all of it up, we get about 4,000 total yards passing and rushing and 22 touchdowns. And that all adds up to an asking price of $45 million. You heard that correctly. $45 million for all of that. And if you haven't guessed by now, that guy is Daniel Jones of the New York Giants. Danny Dimes is asking for $45 million. Please give it to him, Giants. Please. Please give him $45 million. Give him 50 I don't care. Pay him all the money. I tweeted this out last night on my Twitter account. You can follow me at Toby underscore Altizer, T-O-B-I-A-L-T-I-Z-E-R. Danny Dimes is asking for $3 million per touchdown pass from last season. If Patrick Mahomes were to ask for the same exact rate, Patrick Mahomes would get paid $123 million. Now, if we're going to do Daniel Jones some justice, we'll throw in the rushing touchdowns, and that would bring him all the way down to a $92 million contract for Mahomes next year if you just threw in the rushing touchdowns as well to give him a little bit of help. Now, from the other side of this, because I do want people to understand why Daniel Jones would ask for this and not budge. I do want people to understand that Daniel Jones has a little leverage in this situation as well. 45 is a little bit ridiculous, but the Giants declined Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. He could be playing for the New York Giants and be under contract, no issue, if they would have picked up his fifth-year option before the start of last season. And so if I'm Daniel Jones and the New York Giants are saying, dude, your number is a little high, we're not matching that. I'd say I could be playing for you guys for, I'm guessing that number was probably somewhere around 20, 25 million. I could be playing for you guys for that number, but you declined it. I'm not taking a discount. Either you pay me my money or I'm going somewhere else. I don't know that he's getting 45 million from somewhere else because you heard the stats, 4,000 total yards, 
passing and rushing and only 22 touchdowns, that's not a $45 million man, or at least it shouldn't be a $45 million man. The guy that's also getting paid $45 million and around there is Patrick Mahomes, and Daniel Jones is not even close to Patrick Mahomes. But if I'm Daniel Jones and I'm his agent, and he fired his agent a, a couple weeks ago and brought in a new guy, maybe he wasn't getting the deal that he, he was looking for, I'm telling the New York Giants and their front office, look, you guys screwed it up by not picking up my fifth-year option. Do I blame the Giants for not picking up his fifth-year option before last season? No. But if I'm Daniel Jones' side, you had the opportunity, you let it go, now pay me. Pay me my money that I earned by going out there and helping Brian Dable win Coach of the Year. And credit to Brian Dable, because guess what? If Daniel Jones were playing another year under probably just about any other coach in the National Football League, he wouldn't be able to ask for half of what he's asking for right now at $45 million. But credit to Brian Dable for going out there and creating an offense that Daniel Jones was able to lead them to a spot where he's asking for $45 million. And although it is crazy, it's not entirely unreasonable for him to ask for a large amount of money to be the starting quarterback for the New York Giants. If I'm the Giants organization, I don't think I can ever come up to that number. I don't know that I can even get close to that number. To be honest with you, this is a situation where I just talked about it last segment. This might be one of those situations where you move on from a quarterback and say, dude, you're going to be too much and you're not leading me to the promised land. So I can't pay you $45 million. But I don't even know if I could get up to $35 million for Daniel Jones. You also got to think about not only is Daniel Jones up as a free agent where they could use the franchise tag on him if they choose, the other guy in the backfield, their most dynamic weapon from last season, Saquon Barkley, is also a free agent. They have to make a decision on both of these guys. If I'm the Giants, I want both of these guys back because we built an offense around these two last season, and especially with Saquon, what other options did they have last year in New York? Again, a giant credit to Brian Dable. Their receivers were sparse. Isaiah Hodgins really showed out at the end of the year, but, I mean, come on. Isaiah Hodgins? Wandale Robinson's an early pick? They had Kadarius Toney, but they traded him. They didn't have a whole lot of anything outside of Saquon Barkley. And they have to make the decision, are we going to keep Saquon? Are we going to keep Daniel Jones? Are we going to keep both of them? Are we going to keep neither of them? You want to keep both, obviously, because things worked out last season. But the tough part is, it doesn't sound like either of the guys are close in their contract negotiations with what the New York Giants are giving them. And if that's the case, you can't you you can only franchise tag one guy. The ideal situation for them is to sign both guys. The next best situation for them would be if one guy could be close to signing and figuring out that long-term deal whether it's Jones or Barkley and then you could tag the other guy and pretty much ensure that at least for our next season you'd have both of the guys back. But if you're not close with either of them, now you've got to make the choice, do I franchise tag one and then probably just have to let the other walk? And then you make the tough decision, who's more important to your football team? If you looked at it on paper, the obvious answer is quarterback, right? The, the most important position on the field is the quarterback position. 
But are you franchise tagging Daniel Jones and paying him that large number, which I believe is in the $30 million range, and letting Saquon walk? Or are you franchise tagging Saquon and trying to find another quarterback that can stopgap for a year, maybe draft a guy? I don't know. There's a lot of problems up there with the New York Giants. But if I'm if there's one thing that I'm not doing, if I'm Daniel Jones, at least for the New York Giants, I'm not giving you a discount. Because you had every chance to have me back for a year, and you decided to decline that option. And to be honest with you, I think Washington could learn a lesson a little bit from that. Not the quarterback position, defensive end. Number 99, Chase Young. Don't decline that fifth-year option. Give yourself that chance. Because guess what? The New York Giants wouldn't have any issue this offseason if they picked up that fifth-year option and they were able to just trot Daniel Jones out there again under contract. They'd be working with a framework already where he's on the team next year, and then they could work out a long-term deal. But they knew for a fact, even if they couldn't, he's back. Don't don't make that mistake with Chase Young. Put that fifth-year option on him. And if he shows out next year, you feel good that he's back for another season as opposed to having to get into a situation where now the Giants have to pay large money to keep Daniel Jones or they have to let him go. Don't put yourself in that situation with Chase Young where you're stuck with either the franchise tag, paying paying him big money, or trading him or letting him go. Give yourself an extra year buffer. Pick up that fifth-year option on Chase Young. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on overtime. When we come back, Capitals hockey's coming up at 545. I want to get you updated on what's going on with a wild card in the Washington Capitals. Is there a chance that they could still sneak into the playoffs? They've traded everyone, but is there still a chance? I'll update you on the wild card next here on Overtime on 106.7. The fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. There's some breaking news about your football team. Not the commanders. The D.C. defenders. The beer snake is allowed and it's back, baby. Get out there to Audi Field tomorrow and build that beer snake. The XFL has announced that the beer snake will be allowed going forward. There's a whole video on their Twitter account. You can go check that out. The D.C. Defenders. Breaking news on the fan. The D.C. Defenders beer snake is allowed. That's awesome. That's a D.C. staple now. It is. It really is. And I was talking about a couple years ago when that XFL kind of folded because of the COVID season and all that stuff that happened. The remaining thing, the people that are people were thing people remember about the XFL was that beer snake. And then you had all the stuff that happened last time, the opening game for the defenders, throwing the lemons and all that. Beer snake stands, man. It's going to be fun out there at Audi Field. You can go check that out tomorrow. I believe they're at 1 o'clock against the St. Louis Battlehawks. That should be a fun atmosphere. If you've never been, if you've never been, let me tell you, it's a fun atmosphere. Go check it out. All right, as we wrap up, we're going to kick it over to some Capitals coverage in just a couple of minutes. Want to get you set for that. Uh, we got the 
wild card standings for the NHL. Where do the Caps stand? Do they really have a chance of the playoffs? Pretty slim. Pretty slim. Right now, where the Capitals stand, they're at 66 points. They're tied with four teams with 66 total. Tied with the Panthers for most games played out of those guys. You got 63 games played for both the Capitals and the Panthers. Then Ottawa's at 61 games played. Buffalo at 60 games played. They're all trailing four points behind the New York Islanders with 70 points. And the first wild card spot taken up by the Pittsburgh Penguins at 71 points. So a big stretch coming up here for the Capitals if they want to still make the playoffs. I don't know that that's a realistic possibility with what's left of the regular season for the Caps. But they've got an opportunity today to get two points as they take on the San Jose Sharks. Sharks having a little bit of a rough go this season. Only 18 wins on the year, 32 losses, 12 in overtime, 48 points on the season. They got a, The Caps got a tough schedule after this, too. So if they want to try to make some ground up, they need to win this game today. Then after this, they're on the road again as they stay out in California. They've got the Kings sitting at 78 points. Then they come back home and they take on the New Jersey Devils. Then on the road on a New York swing, taking on the Islanders and the Rangers, and then back home to take on the Sabres. All those teams are either tied with them, the Sabres tied with them, or ahead and sitting in a playoff spot. So big games coming up for the Capitals. I don't know that it's a realistic possibility of this team really getting into it. It was a fun run having all the guys here and seeing what they could do. But I think the right decision was made for the Capitals this season. Look, even if they were to find a way to sneak into the playoffs, we know with the NHL playoffs that anything can happen. But I don't know that it was a realistic chance for the Caps this year. It stinks. It really does. But I think the right move was made by McClellan to just say, you know what, this is not going to happen this season. They're not tearing it down. You know, they've made that promise to Ovi that as long as he's going to continue playing hockey, which I can't wait to see. Hopefully it's only a couple seasons, but I want to see him break that record. So I want to keep seeing him play. But they're going to continue to keep trying to win hockey games and win Stanley Cups as long as Ovi's in town. And I'm excited to see what that can be. It wasn't going to be this season. It just wasn't. And it stinks to see some of your favorite guys move on. You know, you hear some of the highlights and remembering that 2018 run that was so magical. You hear some of the Lars Eller highlights after he was traded away. You just remember all these guys and think about how special that run was. And you hope that you can do it again. You really do. But it just makes you appreciate that 2018 team again. What is there only like five or six guys left from that team still in D.C. playing for the Capitals? It's just a tough time to be a D.C. sports fan, to be honest with you, where all the teams sit at. I mean, looking at the Commanders, how much are they going to be competing for a Super Bowl anytime soon? I don't know that that's going to happen. I think the most exciting thing that's going to happen for the Commanders is them getting the team sold. You look at the Wizards, and they sit in a spot that is all too familiar for the Washington Wizards for years, where... They're probably good enough to make a playoff spot or they'll get in the play-in game and they'll have a chance in the tournament. But overall, they're not going to win a playoff series. And so they're going to get stuck picking in the middle of the draft again. And they're not going to be bad enough to have one of those top picks to get one of these stud guys. 
all too familiar with them. The Nationals, we've already discussed them quite a bit going into this year. I don't even think the care in the world is about wins and losses for the Nationals this year. It's a weird spot where DC's in because now the one redeeming team that it seemed like we'd have this year as DC sports fans was, all right, at least the Capitals will be our team. We can fall back on the Caps. And that's just not going to be the case for the rest of this year. Maybe they can catch these teams. It's going to take a tall task. Again, they sit four points behind the Islanders. It's not like it's unreasonable for them to get on a little bit of a hot stretch and find a way to do it. The toughest part about this stretch is they're not going to have easy hockey games left the rest of the way. The rest of the way is going to be playoff hockey if the Caps want to find a way to get in. And this next stretch, again, five games, the Kings, the Devils, the Islanders, the Rangers, all pretty good hockey teams. It's not going to be easy down the stretch for the Caps if they're going to want to make it, but hopefully they can. I think it'd be fun to see the guys get into the playoffs, even though they've sold off and they've kind of accepted the fact that it's not going to be their year. It'd be kind of cool to see them sneak into the playoffs. I think it'd be a fun be a fun way to end this season for the Capitals. That's going to do it for overtime on 106.7. The fans, it's been fun hanging out with you guys. It's been fun talking with Kyle Glazer. Appreciate him joining the show, talking about the Nats. Remember, tomorrow night, Charlie and Dave, you can catch them at 6 o'clock talking with Kate Cavalli, Jake Alu on 106.7, the fan, or on the Odyssey app. I'm Toby Altizer for Vic Ferreira. We'll see you next time. We turn it over to Caps Hockey next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.